the Transport Workers Union Local 513 podcast with Second Vice President Brian Parker is online and streaming. Take it away, Brian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TW Local 513 podcast. Joining me again today, as usual, President Greg Cozy. Thanks for joining me, Greg. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, we made it nearly to the end of 2020. Just barely, brother. And we're fortunate for making it. I'll start off with some very somber news. Unfortunately, some of our members specifically and uh, some of their family and certainly some friends and, and people we know all over the nation did not make it through this year. Yes, um, this has been a completely different year with respect to pandemic to kind of bring it in to us and our TW Local 513 family, unfortunately, and my heart breaks as I say it, but we've lost four members from March uh, due to the uh, COVID-19 virus. And untold numbers of our members have been uh, infected by the virus. At one point, the total was, was well over 200 of our sisters and brothers infected by the virus with well into the hundreds out for pandemic leave since uh, the end of March. So, yeah, it has totally affected our membership and their families. Uh, No one has uh, gone through 2020 unscathed by COVID-19, unfortunately. Unfortunately, in every station that we represent at, every work location, I mean, everywhere, you know, it was just... On our call on Monday, we were discussing that Allied Aviation had a big spike there recently. It's just, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, I spoke to, uh, in fact, I spoke to their uh, general manager this morning. I reemphasized to him how important it is to uh, to get the work areas cleaned. You know, he's working through flagship like American Airlines does to get some electrostatic cleaning done in the in the big break areas over for Allied. But I told him, I said, you know, you've got a tremendous spike in the past two weeks. You've got to ensure that, uh, you know, that you're cleaning the work areas for our members. And I was disheartened to learn this morning as well that, you know, he's doing a lot of lip service, but 11 of our members are infected in the past two weeks over at Allied. So they only have 160 TWU members there. So that number is just, it's un, unheard of. It's absurd. That's nearly 10% just right there in the past few days. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's impactive. It's truly impactive. Some good news, if you will. We now have a vaccine that's being heavily distributed. I believe it's called Operation Warp Speed. I know that the major airlines, including American, are participating in getting the vaccine out. So that's good news. But on the backside, the bad news is, is they're saying it would be probably the fall or winter of 2021 before we can start relaxing and maybe back away from some of the social distancing and the, uh, the mask and and things like that. Not that we'll ever be at the point where we can completely let our guard down. They're looking at at least a full year before we will really see measurable relief. Yeah. So our operation uh, is really hoping that the impact is felt in a positive manner by the fact that the vaccine should be highly distributed out to the flying public and, you know, during the course of 2021. To your earlier point, a bunch of the union groups in the airline industry have signed on trying to 
get the Congress to understand that we are essential workers and that airline employees ought to be part of the initial uh, offering of the vaccine. So I know that our members uh, have some very personal and some political opinions about it. But I personally believe that if, you know, if you want to be vaccinated, then you should be able to, to be vaccinated. If you choose not to, then, you know, that's your own personal decision. But I also hope that, you know, your personal decision includes social distancing and wearing masks, and et cetera, et cetera. Our airline, American Airlines, is heavily involved in the distribution of the vaccine. And in fact, our members are going to be a very crucial cog in making sure that that vaccine gets, uh, you know, sent out across the nation. Uh, we're finding that DFW itself will be sort of a, a hub for distributing the vaccine. Won't be a lot of uh, originating cargo as far as that concerns, but uh, just want to emphasize to our members out on the ramp that that vaccine carries the highest priority. And so realizing that we have a lot of uh, impediments in our operation, but if you happen to run across the vaccine, a shipment of the vaccine on the flight that you're working, please make sure that that is, you know, of the highest importance and it is the highest priority. So, Absolutely. I would agree with that. And while we're talking about COVID-19 and you did mention Congress, there is now some COVID-19 relief legislation that's been presented, and hopefully it'll get to a vote sometime this week. It's desperately needed for our members because it'll carry some of the payroll support and some of the other protections. Yes. Before the election, that was a great push uh, from the union groups and the airline industry as a whole to try to get something done. Uh, it kind of got pushed back on the back burner. There's a new energy surrounding it started kind of uh, in the middle of last week, and uh, hopefully we can get something accomplished by the end of this week uh, before they go into a, the holiday recess. But you're right. Our members have been deeply impacted with furloughs, some folks to the street, others from full-time crew chief to part-time or full-time agent to, to part-time. And so it's been a tremendous impact to, to our membership and to our, our families. And so, yeah, the extension of the CARES Act would be tremendously helpful in peeling back some of the, the agony of, uh, of 2020. Indeed, it will. I will caution, and I think this warning or this caution, if you will, is warranted, that I know that we had a lot of problems when we went through the furlough process. There was mistakes made and everything like that. I know that we've been proactive in reaching out to the company to try to be more of a partner in trying to help get our members back on the clock get their, you know, their shifts restored or whatever, but uh, the company, they struggle at times. I will tell you, and I know that I speak for you and for all of us, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that our members are properly taken care of and that they're resumed to whatever the positions they were. Hopefully there's going to be some sort of uh, back pay or something for this. We don't know. We don't know what, the, I haven't seen the uh, legislation. Maybe you have. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it, or uh, the proposed legislation. To your point, management, whenever they get their hands on something, unfortunately, it goes through different filters and different layers, and nothing has been a very smooth transition. The fact that people are being furloughed essentially is a, is a tough thing to go through. I haven't gone through it myself, but uh, there are things that can be done to try to mitigate uh, some of those pains. We've reached out to management. We're offering our services, not only just because of the CARES Act, but there's been a reinstatement or recall of some of our members in recent weeks simply because of the operation. You know, before, you know, we've stated earlier, 
in the fall that we believed that the furloughs went too deep. We believed that they laid way too many people off and impacted way too many lives. And ironically enough, uh, we've seen 50 of our part-timers recalled. They started back to work on uh, December the 7th, and there was a posting for 19 crew chiefs. Uh, so that lets us know that uh, the initial furloughs went way too deep, and uh, that's as a response of that. But, yeah, you know, we always offer our services when it benefits our members. And, again, in recognizing that management has a lot of issues in trying to do the right thing sometimes. So I've often said, and it's, it's kind of my mantra as far as unionism is concerned, is that the union is the conscience of the company. And so, in part, we, uh, you know, we have to do what's best for our members. And if that means, you know, helping them through this uh, process, if, you know, the, the money comes through, then by all means, we'll be there to, to respond. And hopefully that money does come through. Again, it uh, would be very welcome. I do want to uh, make mention that when you mentioned the recalls of the 50 members coming back, that was the ones that were on the voluntary leave. We hadn't reached the point of recalling the ones that were actually furloughed yet. Right. Okay. While we're talking about the company, not to pile on or anything like that, but we ratified a new joint collective bargaining agreement near the end of March, yet we still, it's still a constant battle on contractual language. And it's to the point where, you know, and I've said it before, it seems like the company is just trying to modify the language, you know, through the arbitration process. And, you know, I mean, what's your take? How many, uh, let's just talk about how many system grievances have, have you filed all the local? Oh, yeah, I filed, oh, God, it's six presidential grievances uh, since the ratification. Interestingly enough, I just got off of two calls with labor discussing some of the implementation and some of what they feel is the, uh, the meaning behind some of the, uh, the words in the articles. It's very disheartening, the fact that we ratified an agreement, you know, March 26th, and we figured that the implementation would be, you know, would be some hurdles, but it wouldn't be a renegotiation of the contract. And that's what it really feels like. It feels like uh, the two parties, meaning the management and the association, sat in a room and, and, you know, agreed on language and brought the language back, and we voted on it and ratified it. But now it just has a feel that uh, management is attempting to renegotiate our deal. And, uh, you know, I don't have the vocabulary to emphasize just how, you know, every article, uh, there seems to be a battle. There's a disagreement about what the intent behind that language was. And uh, every, every article, every part of that contract, we are struggling uh, to get implemented simply because they they seem to have that whole different definition to the things that we negotiated. Yeah, and it has been tough. Okay, when we're talking about ratifying the agreement in March, obviously we're talking about it on the American side. Talk about what's going on with Allied and trying to get an agreement with them. It's You know, we're tr- trying to kickstart negotiations, or, you know, we're at the point of trying to kickstart negotiations, but it's a, it would be a very tough climate to try to negotiate any type of gains right now. Yeah. So we've we reached out because, uh, you know, we, we do need to get contract negotiations for our sisters and brothers and at Allied at least started. But the economic environment in which we're trying to, you know, start these negotiations is not really conducive to presenting a good contract to our members, a contract that they deserve. Uh, right now, everybody's crying broke, you know, and Allied has always uh, been a, a corporation that has uh, has put the workers last. I think just like with uh, American Airlines, 
A lot of these companies are using the pandemic as an excuse to do the right thing. Uh, the right thing would be to uh, negotiate in good faith and present a, a contract to us for our members that would be uh, of an economic uh, benefit and would, you know, show the gains that, you know, our members deserve to have. However, uh, you know as well as I do that they, they do what, what we call down back home is poor mouth. And uh, so they're complaining and crying about, you know, the lack of money and et cetera, et cetera. They've gained operational gains on the backs of our members. So, yeah, we're working to, uh, to start the negotiations, but it's a matter of timing. We don't want to start negotiations at a, at a low point economically. Uh, we want to be able to try to negotiate from a position of strength. So we're, we're going to begin engaging in those conversations uh, as best we can in this pandemic, whether we do it by Zoom or just teleconference or whatever. But we're going to start engaging in those conversations uh, after the first of the year. So if I'm hearing you right, if you're going to show up for a rock fight, you want as many rocks in your pocket as you can have. Is that right? That's right. Well, we could talk about, uh, you know, what's going wrong and, you know, our challenges. But we've had some, some good things happen this year for our members as well. One thing was we knew that we were going to have a hard time communicating with our members coming into a major pandemic. All indications was it was going to get worse and worse. Unfortunately, we had to take a break with membership meetings just through local and state guidance, you know, as far as gatherings and stuff like that. When we finally were able to start our meetings back up again, we had to, you know, change venues. We did the reserve over in Euless. I think it was two or three months, you know, worth of meetings over there, at least a couple of months. And then uh, our last meeting, we had an outdoor meeting, and that actually, the weather couldn't have been better. And we had a very good time there. We had some barbecue. It was a great time to fellowship and, and be able to socially distance. And we had voted, since we had such a lapse in our membership meetings, that this year all of our members will receive a perfect attendance award. So it's not much, but it's something that we could afford to do for the members, and it's certainly something they deserve. Absolutely. One of the biggest challenges we faced as a local was making very difficult decisions on whether or not to conduct membership meetings. And you're right, you know, uh, when the state and uh, the federal government speaks out on, on mass gatherings, we certainly don't want to be against that. But uh, we were very nimble, I think, as a local. We found an uh, a alternative venue, like you spoke of, at the Reserve. We had a couple of meetings there where we were able to do a better job of socially distancing. Like you said, our last membership meeting we we had outside in the in the back of the our local. Uh, it was a fantastic, in my opinion, a fantastic um, membership meeting because, you know, such a trying year. I uh, think it was important for us to take a step back, and just you know enjoy the barbecue and enjoy you know fellowshipping and talking to one another. Uh, not just about contra contractual or operational issues, but just being brothers and sisters. I think sometimes we miss the importance of just talking to one another and being together in a more socially relaxed setting. And so I think we were very successful in, you know, in being able to do that for our members. As far as the perfect attendance awards are concerned, you're right. I think it was the right thing to do as a board to, to vote to do something, you know, provide some kind of token to our members. Moving forward, we'll make some other decisions as far as perfect attendance awards are concerned. But this year, you know, it, it caused us to kind of do some things a little bit differently, make some tough decisions and try to be uh, as nimble as possible 
and you know, and reacting to what was going on and, and trying to provide the best uh, methodology to reach out to our members. So we started the podcasts. Uh, we've put out a boatload of uh, communications to our members. We try to do that uh, every at least two weeks. So, yeah, we, we, we're doing some things to just try to keep our finger on the pulse. Of course, we're always open to telephone calls and emails, text messages, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and there's been a couple of bright spots. You know, when I mentioned, that, you know, the, it's not all bad. There's two things that stand out to me. One was at the beginning of the pandemic, and then one was recently here in the holiday season. And the first was the TW Mask Project. Talk about that. Yeah, so what ended up happening was uh, was beginning of the uh, pandemic and the CDC recommended that, uh, you know, part of the protection would be facial and some type of type of facial protection, whether it be a mask or a shield, uh, social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you remember uh, late March, early April, there was such a run on uh, PPE that we, could, we just couldn't find masks. And so one of our board members, Shay Christakis, uh, suggested to us that perhaps we should start making masks for our members. And so it was a couple of days before Easter where she uh, she asked for volunteers and out of our out of the membership. It was just a phenomenal operation. Material uh, for the masks were donated. Folks donated their time and energy. They donated sewing machines over the course of about two and a half weeks. They created almost 3,400 masks that we were able to send out to our outstations in San Antonio and Austin. We were able to provide masks for our brothers and sisters over at Allied, AA Cargo, and of course, you know, the, the Dallas uh, Ramp, DWH, the 1E facility for facility maintenance and auto maintenance, I mean, automotive. We were able to give masks to any member who wanted a mask. And uh, it was just a, a very worthwhile endeavor for many reasons. But again, you know, because our own sisters and brothers were able to do something to help our own sisters and brothers. And so that's what really made it special. Yeah, and special it was. It was one of those things to when you see it all coming together and you saw the effort they put into it and what it was going for. I mean, you know, your heart has to swell with pride. So it was a very, very special time for me. And another special thing is uh, something we did this year for the first time specifically for our members is we had the uh, TW Angel Tree. Yes, we normally participate in the Salvation Army Angel Tree, but for whatever reasons, we were a little late to that party. And so, um, again, Shay Christakis and uh, Tavita uh, Utafe, one of our uh, young leaders, approached the board about doing something for our members. And uh, what we decided to do was uh, switch gears a little bit. And instead of uh, providing the angel tree for the Salvation Army, we decided to try to present a, an angel tree for our members who were impacted by furlough. And uh, it was a tremendous uh, uh, offering. Uh, Seventy of our members are going to be receiving an angel. Our members always step up. And uh, it was just very, it's very heartwarming to, uh, to be able to assist folks. So uh, that will be concluding, I think, on the 21st when we uh, will be putting uh, gifts together with those, uh, those recipients. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible to see the angel tree come together and 
to your point, all of our members stepping up like they always do. Another very high point for me, you know, uh, being a member of Local 513. I want to talk about something here at the end of the podcast. It's off topic of the COVID. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly not a feel-good story, but AMFA, yet again, is trying to raid the Transport Workers Union. More specifically, they're trying to raid the TWIM Association. They've been doing this. I know that uh, you were cleaning out your desk the other day, and you ran across a document. It was, uh, had all the other presidents. You know, at the time, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it was back in 1989 or something like yeah. that. <laughs> when AMFA was trying to raid then, so this, they've made many, many attempts through the years. It's a very sad thing that in the middle of a pandemic, on the backs of American, you know, us negotiating a contract with American for four years that we finally get a contract that the, uh, the AFA comes yet rears their ugly head again. I believe it was last week. If not, it was the, the week prior AFA actually filed cards with the NMB trying to uh, push a vote and they submitted those cards and American has now responded with uh, the list of individuals that they think qualify for the vote. And now the TWIM Association has to submit their roster of who should and should not be eligible to vote. Talk a little bit about this raid and, uh, and what your thoughts are on that. American actually welcomes it because they recognize that, that AFA would be the lesser of, of, uh, of the unions that they are ill-prepared, they don't have the strength, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the financial wherewithal to fight like the TWU or like the IM or like our association. And so American Airlines management would welcome uh, the opportunity to sit across the table from a weaker union. I think the response that the TWU, and I can speak for TWU, I can't speak for IM, but a lot of our TWU members who may be upset about the, the fact that we are in an association. I think that it, the AMFA drive has a little bit of energy based on the fact that there was never an, an election. And we're talking, you know, six, seven years ago. Uh, that's the reality. And uh, I don't believe that when people really sit down and they think about what they think that they're going to gain as opposed to the reality of what they would lose if the TWU or the association wasn't uh, representing them, I think that when they sit down and they do the real assessment, that that energy goes away. I think that the, the association will have to re-educate some of our members about what they stand to lose by moving away from, from our, our organization. Uh, there is no benefit. There is no contractual benefit. There is no financial benefit. There is no benefit whatsoever in leaving the TWU or leaving this association and going into AMFA. In fact, there are members of AMFA who reach out to the TWU almost on a consistent basis, wishing to do away with their association with AMFA and to join our organization. But because of the caliber of organization that we are, we don't go after it other unions and other labor organization members like that. You know, we do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, to your point, what is a union really? A union is a collective body standing together. And that's not specific to the TWU or to the uh, TWIM association. Unions are supposed to stick together, which is what the, you know, the broad coalition of the AFL-CIO is. 
It's about unions coming together and supporting each other. You look at, you know, we've talked about this COVID relief uh, legislation. AMFA is an outlier. They have not been part of uh, advocating to get this legislation done. No, and in fact, the association, both the IEM and the TWU, have stood at the forefront of it, along with the CWA, along with the flight attendants and pilots, et cetera. But you don't see where AMFA has carried the torch for any of it. Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, if you look at their track record, you know, I mean, I could, I could wave something shiny in front of you, Greg, and tell you it's the greatest thing ever. But you're smart enough to go do the homework. And if our members really want to look at what AMFA has provided to the members that they represent and what the TWU or the IM or certainly the association, the benefits they have to give that up on a wish and a prayer, that's a, you know, it's a very slippery slope. And to your point, I think if they do their homework and their due diligence, they will certainly see that switching over to another union, especially now, <laughs> if ever, uh, would be a very, very detrimental thing to the membership. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we go, I know we were going to end on the Amphit thing, but uh, I know you always like to, to take care of some housekeeping, if you will, and uh, some parting words. Uh, what do you got for the members? Well, you know, I, I just, uh, first of all, I want to wish everybody a, a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate. Merry Christmas. Hopefully that we are, we're safe, that you get a chance to spend time with your family, uh, with your friends. But I think what, what we have to do uh, during this time is to take a step back and think about the things that we have instead of the things that we don't have. This year has been just that year where, you know, you have to be thankful I mean, just to be alive, just to be healthy, uh, just to be, you know, strong enough to go to a job, that in itself is a blessing. And, uh, you know, we spoke earlier today about, you know, finding the blessings where you can. And, uh, you know, it's just been a tremendous blessing to represent the members and uh, to try to, to uh, you know, lead us through these very, very troubling, uh, troubling, tough waters. But, um, but yeah, I want to wish, you know, a happy holiday season to everyone. I hope and pray that uh, 2021 is a different kind of year. We've got a lot on our plate and a lot of things we'll be carrying over to the next year. But I'm very optimistic about where things will be. You know, we've got a lot of challenges uh, that we're carrying over, but I'm, I'm very optimistic. We hope that we can get our operation somewhat slow down a bit with respect to the movement. That's a huge concern of ours as our members keep, you know, moving back and forth through this new dynamic staffing. I believe that that contributes to the, the high number of uh, infection rate. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, make some headway in, in getting the management to understand that, you know, that our health and our safety is paramount. But we'll continue to make those fights and make those, you know, putting up those tough discussions. But I'm very optimistic. And the reason being is because, you know, through it all, through the, you know, the multitude of bad times that 2020 has presented to us as a membership, we've stood united. I don't want to, you know, harp too much on the, on the angel tree. But to me, that, that just shows that we still care about the things that we should care about. And that is, you know, about each other. And so that, that's why I'm optimistic. Yeah, I'm optimistic as well. You know, it's certainly a year that I'd like to put behind me. I will echo your sentiments that uh, 
it is truly a blessing to represent this membership in times like the Angel Tree or the Mass Project or, you know, just rallying around each other. Uh, those are the times that really make you realize what you do have. And I count that truly as a blessing. The last thing I want to say is uh, echoing off you. I certainly want to wish everyone a happy holidays. I beg everyone to stay as safe as possible and take care of yourselves and certainly take care of your families. But I want to thank you, Greg, specifically because although it's uh, we've been navigating through very tough times, uh, never once have you wavered. You've been out front, show up to work every day, and I know that you're there and that you've got certainly got my back, but that you've got uh, the members back, and you, you're trying to do absolutely what is absolutely the best thing for our members. So I want to thank you for that. That certainly means a lot. Well, uh, thank you. Um, that means a lot coming from you, my friend. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the work is hard. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the work that, that our board has done in some very, very difficult times. And uh, it's important that our members know that as a board, we have their back. We're going to support them. We're going to speak for them. You know, there are times at which uh, it seems as if you don't hear much from us, but uh, we are entrenched in the, in the battle. And uh, every day is a battle with American Airlines and Allied. There are a lot of outside forces that we're dealing with. But, yeah, I do appreciate your kindness. And uh, we're going to continue that battle uh, through 2021. Yes, sir, we are. And I want to thank everyone for listening today. And, again, stay safe and stay strong. Have a great day. For questions and comments about today's podcast, please email podcast at TWULocal513.org. For more information about TWU Local 513, please visit www.TWULocal513.org. Music licensed by Pond5. Today's podcast was produced, engineered, and edited by Tommy Engel.